Ladies and gentlemen, Fight Bananas presents Coffee and KO's podcast. We're crazy about fights and jacked on caffeine. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Coffee and KOs podcast. And holy shit, guys. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I can't even. That was just. What was. Can someone tell me what was the, the parlay odds on a Michael Chandler um, and Dustin Poirier parlay? Over I a mean, thousand. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, that that yeah, is. Greasy just, parlay. Yeah. On, right that was, I, I just. I don't if you, even, add like Rodriguez, if you add Rodriguez by KO, that's like a five thousand uh, parlay for those three. You know, someone got rich, Chandler, and yeah, someone just paid for their college. I I should have known that this is a sign because DraftKings was given the a plus one ten bonus on Connor. So if you it's bet twenty five bucks, it's a it's, trap. It's a plus one ten. So you basically double your money. Good lord, they, they knew, they knew, they knew something was up and. I don't, I'm not at a loss for words. I don't know, like what, what, what do you guys have? I'm, I'm freaking Dude, lost, guys. My, my whole world was just flipped right upside down. I was feeling one. I was feeling so confident in Dan Hooker getting that win, and when he just did nothing and let Michael Chandler just walk him down and then land those huge shots, that blew my mind. My heart was racing, and then the Connor fight. I, I thought Connor looked pretty like pretty damn good in round one. I was like, this, you know what? He's inching closer to a finish. I thought he was going to finish Dustin in round two. And then, dude, those leg kicks. Connor has not really faced someone who does the leg kicks. And it's like a new technique people have been using a lot. Proved huge. Connor didn't have an answer. He got stuck against the cage. Dustin is such an animal. This was, in hindsight, that the odds were, were way off, right? Like, insane. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... You know, we were talking right before we went on air, and and this is what not being active will do to you. You don't fight; it's a whole other game. And do I think Dustin Poirier is levels above Connor? No, I don't. But he's fought the best guys over the last two years, and Connor has fought twice in the last two years. One of them being 
Cowboy Cerrone, which no offense to Cowboy, but at this point, he's not on that level. So, it you know, you have to be active. That That's how you, you know, and I think Connor, you know, he that's a tough fight to, to not fight for how long, come back, and to fight Dustin. I mean, Dustin is a warrior. He's got a chin. And I, I couldn't help but laugh because Steve sends me a text. Connor's got this. I'm feeling round two finish. And no sooner I read yep. that text. Connor's laying on the canvas, eating his last shot. And thankfully, Herb Dean stopped it when he should have. Connor looked good in that first round. He came back from that early takedown. I mean, Dustin started this fight exactly how I was hoping he would start this fight from his perspective, like, of the fight going his way. I mean, he got him down, but then Connor got up. Those shoulder strikes were there again. We're going to see so many... So many fighters practicing these shoulder strikes. The shoulder strike is going to be the new knee strike. Connor has, again, changed the game in a way like because everybody can do those strikes that Connor is doing there. Just no one's doing them yet for some how, reason. How funny was it when like Connor was throwing a shoulder strike and then Dustin was like, like screw that, like I'm throwing a shoulder strike yeah, and then they just kept like, going back and forth. in the moment, he's like, oh, it's that easy. Like, yeah. why have I been doing this? Like, Yeah, what? and they were both hitting each other pretty flush and I was like, are we going to see another shoulder knockout? Maybe. There, Did you like, guys see yeah. the surprised look on Connor's face when he was taken down? Like, that was he was yeah. like holy shit what do i do and obviously he knew what to do he obviously scurried to the fence but you know that was not something he expected at all and i thought that was super smart by dustin um that was you know i think that that was a good way to get his attention and then he does that and then you add the leg kicks i think he had con, con i think connor kind of went into that fight thinking okay we're gonna stand and strike and that's what it's gonna be and had the fight stayed that i think it leans to connor more but you mix in the takedown and then you mix in the, the leg kicks. Connor's thinking everything. And then like DC put it perfect. Like Dustin just seems like a train, man. Once he gets going, there's just no stopping him. And he just hit his stride really in the beginning of that round. And once he was landing flush, that was it. And then, I mean, Connor seemed okay. And then there was just like that one strike square right on like the face area, like right in the forehead, nose, dropped him. And that was, that was it. I, I'm not a fan of the of like the boxing dominant Connor. Like I like when he you know utilizes his leg kicks a lot more, and he seemed like a lot more fluid back in the day. Now he's like a little bit more rigid and kind of just goes like strict boxing, which which still was working. Like I thought he was piecing him up at times, but I don't know. Like when you go back and like watch him back in like 2014, he's just like a different style of fighter. I kind of like that version of Connor better. <laughs> Man, look, yeah. at the, look at the love in the chat for Aaron. I just got to get a little Aaron the dog action. Sabrina, what Let's up? Let's go. Yeah, what up, Michael? Thank you all for being here. Uh, sorry, back. what was your question? I'm sorry. I, I see accolades. Um, no. <laughs> that, like, I think Connor suffers from his own hubris in a way down to going into professional boxing back in the day and still entertaining that. Like, I want to do a Pacquiao bout here. Like, Clearly, it was focusing more on his boxing than his overall stand-up game at this point. Like, even when he threw the spinning kick, like, that mm -hmm. wasn't like it used to be. That was just – he threw – and, like, um, in the second round, before when he was catching the body kicks from Dustin, yeah. and then he just, like, threw up that half-assed head kick. I was like, what was that? Like, I asked my buddy who I was watching the fights with, I was like, what was that? Like, that just wasn't, like – it was just kind of, like, thrown up there and, like – 
yeah, he looked like a guy who hadn't been fighting regularly against a guy who's been in there nonstop for the last two years. And and do you like that? So like when he was um, doing the post-fight interview, Connor was basically blaming it on the inactivity that he wasn't looking so good. Like I, I didn't really like that he was doing that because, he, you know, obviously for business reasons, he's talking up a big game to hype everything up. And then when he loses, he's like, well, yeah, I haven't fought in a couple of years or I only fought cowboy last year so i didn't really like like how he said that i wish he just kind of was like maybe the better man won you know just kind of give it to dustin a little bit more he's a businessman he's got a trilogy to sell now and yep. he's got to find a way to convince everybody that that's the trilogy fight to make while chandler goes and fights gaichi for the title and but like you, dustin has to fight for the title so i just don't know yeah i, I, I agree, agree with alec you know connor is the same fighter like Everyone's saying Connor's in the gym getting better. He's in the gym evolving. Has Connor evolved? Like, I feel like every time we see him, he does the same things. I mean, the shoulder strikes are new, but he does the same things. And he's, he's predict, like, he is predictable. Like, you know what he's going to do. And Dustin is, is an elite striker too with wrestling. So, yeah. you know, that, that kind of, I, I, you know, we all pick Connor, right? Because it's like we say, it's hard to pick Connor. It's hard to pick against Connor. But I think we all can agree that at some point in our minds, we're like, okay, well, Dustin is a, is a, it's a testy matchup for Connor. Like, because he is one fighting the best guys all the time. And he is the more well rounded guy of the two. He, he has a higher skill set. And in my opinion, he's a smarter fighter. I mean, he came out, in my opinion, Connor came out of this fight as showman Connor. Like, he wanted to come out and get a knockout. Dustin was coming out to get the win. He knew that he wants to win this fight. You know, it's a huge feather in his cap. He wants to get the win. And, like, to me, they had two totally different things here. Like, Connor, almost in a way I felt was overlooking Dustin straight towards talking shit towards Khabib. Dustin's like this is and like he said Dustin feels like he's the champ this was his this was his title fight so that's well, the kind of way I kind of felt about it yeah and we'll look at it because Dustin has beaten ever like he is the best lightweight in that division not named Khabib like he has now beaten everyone there outside of I guess Oliveira who I think will and then you know now Michael Chandler's in the mix too but like he he pretty much destroyed Gaethje and he handled um, Hooker pretty easily, so I don't know. He's he's definitely proven himself there. And you could see it though, like when Connor, when the fight started, Connor got like an early start, and Herb Dean was like, "Whoa, dude, like back up a little bit. I didn't tell you to start." And he had to like redo it. So like Connor came in looking for that round one finish for sure. Like he wanted that sixty seconds that he predicted. And Dustin is just tough as nails, dude. He can eat those shots. The takedown was genius, like you're saying. Like he's just more well-rounded, and that's something that, yeah, Connor is kind of one-dimensional when you look at it. Like you know, he's not really going to go to the ground. You know, he's going to look to stand up and strike. So that's kind of his downfall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just he just there's something about Connor that you know, like I said, we weren't we were all picking him, but in your gut, you're almost like if he comes out and does the same shit he does all the time. It might not go so well. And, you know, you couldn't be happier for Dustin Poirier, though. I mean, the guy is he's been around forever. He is 100 percent the number one lightweight, in my opinion. And I know that we're a Charles Oliveira podcast, but let me be honest with you. After watching Michael Chandler, watching Dustin, they throw hard, man. Like they throw like Tony Ferguson does not throw nearly as hard as what those guys throw like. 
like I think that one or two of those shots put Oliveira out quick. And I, I mean, we love Oliveira, but just watching Dustin box, even even Connor, you know, Connor strikes like you said. There's really no one else in that division mm-hmm. that's gonna that's gonna eat the shots the way that that uh, Dustin did today. I mean, Connor landed a few shots, especially in that first round. We were like, holy shit, that knocks out almost anyone in that division aside maybe Justin Gaethje because Gaethje is just crazy and and Dustin like those two guys in that division eat a ton of shots um but you know Dustin is I'm you know like we said if Connor loses it's going to make for a great podcast and great content and here we are I mean it, it's just it's almost it, it makes for great content but you're also at a loss for words cuz you just you just don't know like what to say it's it's just absolutely incredible yeah yeah it's um it's a little devastating when you know now that like we're doing this and we kind of talked me and Zach were talking about this but a lot of people will reach out to us for UFC advice like betting advice and a lot of the time you know I'm like Connor that's easy like he's getting this win he's the minus 330 favorite like go for the TKO same with like Dan Hooker I'm like the, the odds at minus 140 those are way too close like take him and it's just this is UFC. This is MMA. Like you can't predict these things. They just happen. It can end in an instant. It's the only sport where there's like a self-destruct button. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I think Chandler versus Poirier is the title fight to make yep. here. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. When when does the trilogy happen though? Like, or is it is it after you know Poirier I mean, Chandler happens? I mean. So after Poirier Chandler, I think happens for the title probably April. I assume um, based on but kind of it, both could, guys. it could happen quicker though, be, because I mean I don't think it will, but it could be. Well, just we have bottom. a triple title fight at the end of March, so I'm thinking they okay. won't yeah. have a fourth title fight on there. So it would save for the April pay per view, I assume. But either way, like I think that Charles Oliveira goes with. Gaethje. Gaethje, yeah. Um, I think Connor's going to take off six six months. Um, he got knocked out hard, so he's going to be out three months minimum. But yeah, I think that Connor waits for you know a spot to open up because I don't know other than those four who Connor would fight. But do we really do we really think Connor's coming back though? I I have a hard time believing it personally. Yes. He could do the D. He could oh, do the right. DS trilogy. Yeah, and then he and then he gets right back into the mix by a win over Nate Diaz. There we go. There I feel right. like I feel like no one else is more upset than than Dana White right now because yeah. did you notice they did not show Dana White after that knockout? Did I you didn't. Know I didn't notice. He show Dana White. Uh, yeah, I mean, because he, you know, in his mind, like he's got this whole scenario just set up in his mind, and it just didn't happen, and. uh you know, like that, that's the business though. Like the Chandler thing that just, you know, you go into the Connor fight right after the, the Chandler knockout and you're like, there's no way we're going to get back to back upsets like that. Like first off, Dan Hooker, that is the worst version of Dan Hooker I have ever seen. Like what was he doing? He was on his bike the entire for as long as the fight lasted just scurrying around the cage, like why, not throwing jabs at Michael Chandler, who's a foot freaking shorter than him. Not like not doing anything. He literally just just sat there and was waiting to be punched in the face. That fight pissed me off more than the Connor fight because you know, like I I can I can appreciate you know what what Dustin did. Like Connor didn't back down. He went down. He went after it. Dan Hooker did not do shit. He sat there and just yeah. was like, "Knock me the hell out." 
I'm just gonna he, sit here and not do shit. And I was he like, was, I, I was, I was, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, this is I mean, garbage. I don't mean to make excuses for Hooker or anything, but he's been skating by these last couple fights that he lost, I think, and got wins for. And then also, like the requirements of his quarantine are so much more extreme than these other fighters. He's having he's having to give up three months in quarantine alone going back to uh, when he goes back to New Zealand for these last three fights. So in that time, it's like he's literally alone. He's doing like that's three months of not developing. He's also taking beatings and then getting by and winning, but not really winning. Like, yeah, it's one of these where you look back at it afterwards and hindsight's twenty twenty on just about every every bet you get wrong. But, you know, it's like this is not no exception. I'm like, oh, I should have definitely saw this coming. But Yeah, I think either way you look at it, it's definitely Chandler answered some serious questions, and now people are going to put a ton of respect on his name. That's all he needed was that one fight, that one moment, that one knockout. Now he's immediately, he, yeah, like you said, he might get the next title shot. Like, he is that's getting the next title shot against Poirier. There's no yeah, doubt I, I think. It. Yeah, I think that's got to happen, and he's he's got serious power. He really does. He was backing Dan Hooker down. Dan Hooker was lazily throwing like leg kicks, didn't do anything, and those shots that he landed were just massive. Like that's going to knock anyone out. I don't care who you are. So he definitely answered some serious questions. Now I'm sure Bellator is thrilled. They they got their boy in there. He did some damage, and um, yeah, there's respect to be tossed around to a lot of people now. Yeah, yeah and I mean, just real quick, hopping back to the main event. Shout out to. Luis, uh, violent Bob Ross Pena, who helped, uh, Dustin as, you know, mimicking Connor for this fight camp. Uh, yeah. And he called the, he called the upset on, uh, the breakdown show. So he did, you know, that he did. Bob. but yeah, that was crazy. I, I was going to say the, the thing with, um, with hooker is he just didn't utilize his reach or anything, but prior, like prior to the, the fight, we obviously, I, I was very critical of Michael Chandler. And I just said, show me something like you show me that you belong here. Like then I'm a hundred percent behind you because let's be honest, like that's probably his toughest test, like in, in his career. I mean, I don't think that anyone that he's fought, maybe aside from Patricio Pitbull that, and he lost to him, but that that's probably been his toughest test up till Dan Hooker fights Dan Hooker and puts him to sleep in the first round. Like that's, that's what I needed Chandler to show me. I'm all on board. I think that Chandler and and Poirier is a crazy fight. I think that that's a great fight because you know they both have wrestling backgrounds, both have good. I mean, I, I think that Chandler's striking has really developed. I mean, I watched a lot of his fights in Bellator. I thought they were boring as hell. He would just wrestle the, the to, wrestle them to death. They, he really would. Aside from his last Benson Henderson knockout, yeah, he now, put away Benson that same way yeah. he put away Hooker yeah. with that like shuts him off and they sit on the back of the cage and he just like. That's some crazy power. Like it's, it's the crazy. pressure. He just it's it, that's almost like Khabib esque pressure, just in your face and like, all right, I'm just gonna throw wild and and being short, like he's gotta just kind of let it loose. Cause I mean, I mean, it's pretty tough to get inside on a guy who's you know four or five inches taller than you. And yeah. he did it. And yeah, I, I was super impressed by that. You know, hats off to Michael Chandler. We talked sh- I talked shit about him prior, and you know, but but I'm happy that he did it. Like that's what we needed to see. He did it. And I think that it's going to be a really good um, fight when they fight for the belt. I think it has to Khabib's not coming back. 
You know, the only way, the only way Khabib was coming back, and that's this is still up in the air, but the only way he was going to come back was if Connor went out and just absolutely obliterated Dustin Poirier. Obviously, that's not the case, and, and he's already then, why, yeah, he just wasn't coming back. Like, what was obliterating Dustin Poirier, a guy that Khabib is obliterated? Do like okay, you beat a no, guy. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I think that it's I more so you. like it's just more so like because it's Connor's name, and if he goes and he beats the shit out of Connor two times, it you know because he's supremely confident. Like he, so it's I just like okay, I'll have the thirty and zero and whatever. Like, and I beat Connor twice, I'll and there is bad blood there. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to, you know, I thought Connor was going to win, get on the mic and just really piss off Khabib. And then Khabib was just going to kind of turn around and be like, you know what? I am coming back for that one more fight just to kick your ass. That's what I thought was going to happen. But I, I know you mentioned Aaron, like he's more of a, he's very cultured. He's a very disciplined guy. Like he doesn't just say something and then do the opposite. Like he says it, then he commits to it. Like that's part of like what, you know, his, his mother said it to him. He's not going to take back his word on that. So I get all that. I was just really trying to build it up in my head that Connor was going to really, really get into it under his skin, and then we would see that um, that rematch. But you know what? That's okay. If he doesn't want to come back, Nate I do. Diaz, we've got Nate Diaz Connor three, and so. I would love to see that. Yeah, I would we'll be- absolutely love to see that. Um, and and hopefully that can get Connor back in the win column, kind of get will. him, kind of get him rolling. Because I do listen. I Dustin Poirier was a hundred percent the better fighter today. But I do think a lot of it is Connor not fighting. Like I think that when you're fighting, it's like anything. The more you do it, I think you're going to be more comfortable. And he, not that he looked uncomfortable, but he just he had just no answer. He had no answer for the leg. He wasn't checking any leg kick like at all. And then once once Dustin decided, okay, I'm going to push the pace now. So Connor dictated the first round. Dustin comes out, dictates the second round, and then Connor had no answer. And that's where I, I forget who said it in the chat, but you know, Connor needs to fix the IQ. Like they need to, they need to, he needs to figure it out. Like you can't just go in there with the same game game plan. Unless you're Khabib, where you can take people down and just maul them until the end of the fight. Yeah, like, you can't late kick someone when they're on top of you. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> I mean Not that yet. that's what I think that uh I think that needs to happen, but, and then this, I feel like this kind of throws away our lightweight tournament now too. Like, I mean, I guess it could still happen, but that was something uh, that was just talked about. I think this just paints the picture. Perfect. Like it's like, it's Michael Chandler with Poirier and it's Oliveira with Gaethje. And that's just what it is right now. Everyone else below that, like Tony's coming off of a loss. Dan Hooker now has two losses. Paul Felder's down there. RDA is kind of on the come up a little bit, but those four guys at the top, like, that's pretty clear cut. We wanted to see a little more confusion, have a big Grand Prix, which would have been cool. But yeah, I think right now it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am interested to see, you know, when is Dana going to finally say, okay, Khabib's not coming back. We're stripping him of the belt and this is going to be the title shot. Because I feel like Dana will just hold out hope and hold out hope. I mean, there was just a video of him. I think it was for uh, Dana White looking for a fight or whatever, like trying to convince Khabib, like leave the guy alone. Like it's ridiculous. He won't. He will never, dude. It's Dana White. Yeah, I, I, I think it will happen a lot sooner now that Dustin Poirier won. But yeah, this agreed. Will happen much quicker now. I'm in, I'm interested to see to see Dana's uh, Dana's presser later today because i not show up he might just be like yo I, i'm not showing up. i'm sick but like maybe, yeah, maybe he's i mean he's not happy because obviously connor's his money maker 
but there is that bad blood between them on and off, you know, so they could get into an argument tonight and Connor could retire tomorrow. Cause I mean, I feel like that happens all the time. They get into an argument like a married couple and then Connor's like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like it was honestly just the way that Connor lost. Like if that was like a five round back and forth and it was like a split decision for Dustin, like I think we'd be okay with Connor, but he got slept pretty quick. Slept. Like and pretty bad afterwards and pain. Like he had the pain phase. He couldn't walk, dude. His leg was all messed up. He, he couldn't get up. The cage after like the swag is done. Eliminated. Done, dude. He's he's a dad. He's a little washed up. I I think maybe his motivation is a little questionable. I don't know. I love this question. Do we just throw Nate Diaz to everyone that we have no idea what to do with? Yes. yes. I feel like yes. yeah, because. So prior to this, though, wasn't it in talks that Justin Gaethje was going to fight Diaz? And then it was like, okay, well, Paul Felder needs to fight Nate Diaz. Like, there's like a mystery person that he's supposedly getting in the lightweight division, and it's, it's I don't Con- know. Who- uh, knocked out Conor McGregor in April. That's what. It yeah, was. they they waited to the, to announce it just to see what happened in this fight first. It's so like Vince McMahon removing the hood. It was me all along, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. I'm just still at a loss for words, guys. Like, one, the Dan Hooker thing just really pissed me off. He fought awful. And then Dude, freaking so talk about from this card also, like the, the double knockout of Amanda Rebus. What Dude, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Dude, she got knocked out twice, and I bet on the knockout. How do you think I was feeling when she walked away the first time? Do you... <laughs> I literally screeched. Marina! <laughs> like and then yes. she just comes. First of all, Herb Dean was stepping in, so I saw what uh, he did. Murray, he didn't, but he, he was stepping in a little bit. Then he changed his mind again. Herb Dean's my least favorite referee right now. I have so many problems with him, but Marina came back and knocked him out or her out again. Um, that is a huge, huge. huge yeah, dude. How the that- hell does Herb Dean get the main event? Like Jason Herzog is probably, in my opinion, the best referee. Him or yeah, Mark Goddard. Mark Smith is good. JoJo. Yeah, and he's refing JoJo and Jessica. I. Yeah, the easiest fight ever. I I think um, it's like the first time it happens, you're like, okay, that was kind of funny. The second time, you're like, wow, this is crazy. It's happening to Herb Dean. Then the third, the fourth, the fifth time, you're like, it's Herb Dean. It's him. He's doing it wrong. Can he's we say that up. Herb Dean has the yips for refereeing? Like since yeah. he had yes. that, since he had that one, that one mess up. Like I don't even remember when was it, it the was. The Astrid one that's been threw him so off. many mess ups ago that was really the beginning of. I think it that all. was it. But it's like just fighters like Marina responded that way, and I saw what she was responding to. Yeah, because Rebus was out, and again, shock, shock. Herb Dean doesn't protect a fighter. Holler to Calvin Cater. Um, and then like, and sorry, Steve, um, oh, good. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, too soon. Um, Kick a man then, while he's down. First <laughs> Calvin, now Connor, and on the Dan wound. Hooker. come on, Aaron. But I've just, I've always had a soft spot for Marina Rodriguez. I feel like she's gotten the short, short end of the stick in the Calvillo fight and in the Carla Esparza fight. And I've seen that power and to see her knock out a fighter like Rebus twice was amazing again when there is minus 300 or bigger on a women's mma fight i'm betting the underdog every single time it works period and i don't like you're gonna end up maybe getting more wrong than right but you're gonna make more money if you're betting on them 
you're if you get five out of eight of these plus two fifties, you're making money. Like it's just yeah. like, I'm telling you, these big got- women dogs aren't justified. Rebus against was facing her best competition here. Yep. She had coming off a win against Paige Van Zant, who's headlining Knuckle Mania in two weeks. And then she's facing a girl who is 12, one and one in Marina Rodriguez. Yeah, I, I thought that was insane. I thought so. Rebus is obviously like her submission game is very good. When she's on the ground, she's a great fighter. But Marina had the clear advantage as the striker. And with that wide of a gap, like Marina can finish fights. Like she has the power and she clearly proved it in that round two there. So I was all over Marina in that fight. I, I was I was pumped about that. Uh, I gotta, Dave, I, well, Dave has a good point there. Yeah. So, so one, I want to say thank God for the women's today, the women today, because honestly, have. guys, I was bored as shit. Like, I honestly, aside from like the women's fight, were good, were good, and then you had the last two fights were electric. Yes. Prior to that, the card was shit, and I was pretty upset. Yep. Honestly, like I think the fights could have been better. I thought Frivola looked pretty good considering. Uh, you know, the, I mean, his opponent is just ridiculous. So I thought he looked all right, but like for the m- most part, I was pretty disappointed. And then you had Pena; she just signed her death wish. Why the hell? What makes her qualified to fight Amanda Nunes? And what makes her think that Amanda Nunes is ducking her? Amanda Nunes yeah, is looking Amanda to retire. What? Yeah, Amanda ducking? Nunes is looking to retire because she's literally steamrolled everyone in two divisions. Like, there's no competition for her. That was listen. I was hyped. I was happy for Pena. I had money on her. I was stoked that she won. But that that oh, almost yeah. warrants a loss in itself. That was the worst call out you could possibly have. Uh, the only thing I think more cringy was Michael Chandler's post fight. Pre- uh, oh no no no! Because sir. I liked it. Sir, really? I, I thought I thought it sounded like a WWE promo. The worst it part did. about Chandler post fight was almost blowing out his knee on that fucking back. Yeah, that was wild. Dude, easy, easy. That is a lot of pressure to put on your knee for no reason. Shout out to Johnny Walker. but Idiot Johnny Walker. He's never been the same either. Yeah, that's another guy we always bring up. He's like a huge example of a guy who got way overhyped. But that's a different story. Michael Pereira, that's another list for another day. We have all these super depressing MMA lists. Um. Just real quick on the cringy Jessica I, because I see Nico in the chat. We're going to talk about this for two seconds. Jessica I needs to be cut by the UFC as soon as possible. No one wants to hear her or see her talk or see her fight. And she is a, she's never learned how to do anything but box and lay on people. She That's didn't all. do She literally pushed her against the cage, did nothing. And Joe. After losing two rounds, that's how she fought. Yeah. I was like, Dude, she's fine. Like she's up 2 0 here. It, and that was the scary part was I think she actually thought that she might have been close because it like Joanna doesn't like th- I mean she damaged her in the third round like she cut up um, her eye at one point but you know her strikes are not like super damaging like they're pretty like subtle like she throws like very subtle like kicks and strikes that just kind of add up in volume so I could have seen it going either way but I, I mean I had Calderwood winning that fight without a doubt but I could just see that being like an example of bad scoring really. Jessica I special. She's won how many different split decisions she wasn't supposed to or claims. She's in so I think she's been like five split decisions in her UFC career, one way or the other. Like she just fights incredibly boring close fights. But I just wanted to get to that because I saw Nico bring up Jessica yeah. I a couple of times and how all she No, she doesn't know how to kick and she never will. And I hope she <laughs> gets cut. Well, shout right. shout out Jojo Calderwood though. She looked damn good. She was she did. on the feet. She was 
throwing tons of volume. Moy, the Muay Thai clinch for her, she is nasty. She was throwing some killer knees. Her knee, dude. Yeah. Cool. I mean, nasty. Her Muay Thai used to be like back in Invicta. If you look at her old fights from Invicta and go back and watch those, where she's like a finisher, that Muay Thai looked like it was coming back. Besides the like grimacing that she was doing in like the like clinch a few times. I don't know what that was about, where she like looked like she was like really in pain. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, yeah, I did see like, that. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like her resting like work face and she just like look, but like she was like, like, I'm like, are you all yeah. right right now? Like, yeah. Like, she like didn't get hit at all, but she was like, "Can you see? Like, I don't know yeah, if you can actually yeah, see what's going on." Like, is she hurt? Or like- yeah. I, I did want to. I also did want to say Amanda Rebus. All right, her. Okay, so a lot of people think she's attractive. Whatever. Her voice is annoying as shit. Everyone so like, loves as, it though. Oh, Everyone it is loves annoying. It. Her her pre-fight video oh, was cringy. Awful. That was so bad. And then I don't know if you saw but her Instagram right after she had lost, she's in the hotel lobby having a mimosa. She didn't even care that she lost. So Dana White loves her. She'll be around for a long time. I mean, she is young. She's I think that she be, can develop but a flyweight real soon. Sure days at straw weight are numbered. Yep. She came into this fight weighing 144 pounds. She's only 5'3", though. She's small. But yeah. she she's she's really muscular and really yeah, like she's strong. Yeah, she's she's strong. I mean, Nico, I could that, not disagree that more. Is the like the epitome of what everyone thinks Amanda Rebus is, but I'm and not I, falling for I it. I also I love I love Ian Crow put out Chandler's cringy. His press his post fight interview was cringy. Like I don't mind the call outs. I don't mind the call outs, but Dude. it was just listen, I, I hate cringe. Talking about you. That's I, I, under, I but they <laughs> already didn't talk about him based on the knockout. Like that was already one of the biggest upsets I feel of the year. He was so overlooked in that fight. Like people literally thought he was gonna be picked apart. I thought Dan Hooker was gonna jab him to death, Me break too. him down, so, next thing so you know, probably- end him. Yeah, but we've talked about this before, and what happens after wins against certain guys, particularly guys who have nine or ten losses, is now we go back and we're like, oh, look at that Paul Felder win. Oh, look at that Dustin. Po- oh, I, I hundred. Well, I, I think he lost to James Vick. Right? Yeah, James Vick. But now Chandler doesn't just have the knockout of a guy who oh, is he good or not. He's got the meme with the Hulk Hogan hair. He's got the brother, like he's got people who are watching this for Connor. Are like, huh, that little guy was like Hulk Hogan. I want to see him win. Huh, that little guy like Hulk Hogan. I want to see him lose. He's got people talking about Michael Chandler and like before yeah. this fight card. If you would have told me Michael Chandler, no doubt, is in the title fight next, I'd be like, how, how he knocked out Hooker. I'd still be like, how? Well, how he knocked out Hooker, and then how he? I mean, he's trending right now along yeah. with Poirier. You can't tell me. You can't tell me you weren't like amped up after his like his little rant that he went on because he brought yeah, the energy. Like it's great. It's yeah, I was pumped up. He had me pumped up. I was up. more so just hyped for him. Like I thought it was awesome for him to to really like you know like I said I I talk shit about him, but it wasn't because I disliked him. It was just because I really thought that his competition prior to the Dan Hooker fight wasn't that wasn't that good. So I I was I really wanted to see what he could do. So I mean I was amped up for him after he won because. Yeah. He adds another wrinkle into this already stacked division. So I think that, you know, it's a, just a new person to add and a hundred percent with that win in that way. Had he gone out and beat Hooker on it like a decision that was just close, I don't know if he gets a title shot. 
But based on going out there and knocking him out the way he did, and and I think he 100% deserves it, especially now that Connor lost the way that he lost. I think that solidifies greatly that yep. those two guys are the two best guys in that division right now. Now, what hypothetically, Khabib Chandler, not going to happen, but hypothetically, like hypothetically, just because Chandler is a wrestler, like he is predominantly a wrestler. What do we think? I, I think that if anyone can hang with Khabib, like that's probably a good way to do it is be a power wrestler. Like, has he really faced a power wrestler yet? I don't think he has. Like, he's faced great strikers who can put him out, which is never going to happen. But now maybe we get to see someone who's an actual power wrestler who's strong and maybe can stuff the takedowns or even maybe take down Khabib. I don't know, but he's got the strong right hand. He's got the power. I, I feel like that's the matchup we haven't really seen yet with Khabib. Man, MMA is so crazy. We're now like, it's just like, if you had told me this is a conversation last year, I'd be like, <laughs> shut up. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, But I mean, I think if there's any chance, I know I don't see Khabib coming back, but if there's any chance Khabib comes back, it's going to be if Chandler does the same thing to Dustin Poirier and then just makes an absolute statement like that. It's just like undeniable. Could he be, could he be Khabib and really gets to, a competition level. It wouldn't be because of the amount of pay-per-views that it sells, though. It'd have to be just a pure competition thing for Khabib. But do you, yeah. what I also require Chandler knocking out like Islam Makachev to end the year. Like he'd have to like kill Khabib's boy, maybe. That's and true. Step on the Russian flag or something. I don't know. <laughs> do like, you think do you th- <laughs> there's so much you'd have to do for Khabib to come back? It's just not yeah. happening. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see him coming back either, but you know, I think that'd be it'd be an interesting matchup. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it, but um, yeah, lots of stuff to unpack in this card, guys. I mean, that was just those are obviously the two the first two fights. We had Rebus getting knocked out, which was great. We had uh, we had the the Mardov Sanchez fight was was okay. Murdov. That was pretty good. Murdov. Yeah, that's his dude. He's like fourteen fight win streak. Hey, he's got like 31 that. fights in his career too. I mean, like he's that's wow. absurd. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. Was there anything else that you guys had that you wanted to? I mean, I I really wanted to focus on Chandler and and Hooker and then Connor and Dustin, obviously. But there's just so yeah. much that happened. I mean, yeah. that Marina I, Rodriguez fight was the highlight of the night for me, just from a betting perspective. Um, it was. It's one of these where if I'm picking it straight up, I would have went with Rebus. But the value, this is where value comes in. And it's just like the betting value was on Marina Rodriguez. And she was a plus, straight up, she was a plus 255. Like, that's a great payout right there. Um, I just, like, that plus 800 KO prop there is just really, really, in hindsight, a pretty, pretty huge number for that kind of prop with her power and everything. And she put away Rebus twice. I think that it was, this was such a huge win for rodriguez tonight and for the strawweight division i think i think her against zang could be a really entertaining striking like just delight actually so, someone actually called for marina versus yoana that'd be and amazing then, i would yeah, love and that then, and then marina if marina beats yoana i think she's a hundred percent fighting with zhang weili i mean the only way marina has a boring fight is putting her against someone like a carla esparza 
who's just going to yep. do everything she can to not clinch or strike with her. And she still almost lost that fight. And you look at Carla's eye after that fight when Marina was on the bottom. Carla, Marina shut it completely. There's no other than Zhang with her kind of power at 115. Joanna versus Marina, though, I would watch that as a main event for a fight night. That would be an incredible five-round striker's delight. There would be no ground game. I, I saw someone in the comments too. They mentioned Valentina versus uh, Joanne Calderwood. No, I don't see. I don't. <laughs> no. I don't. I just don't see Joanne see being up to that level. That's not going to happen. No. no. Really. They. I think they even asked her like in the in the post fight, and she's like, "I'll fight whoever they ask me to fight." So that means I don't want Valentina. That's yeah. I, just anyone yeah. but Valentina, please. I'll fight a newcomer. I'll fight. Is Carolina Kovalkiewicz still around? I'd love to fight her. What what do we think of for what is next for Nick Lentz? You know, Nick Lentz won't for one is a dog. That that first round, you're you're kind of like he 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 brought the fight to him in the first round. He just he gassed himself out trying for that that choke so bad. But I think he, he had to. I think he he you know being I mean he was a heavy dog. I mean, so to for for Evolev. Yeah, and I, I think that he and his choke like it was tight. I mean, most guys are tapping to that. Eva Lev is just another level, and obviously that's why the lines were what they were. Um, listen, Nick Lentz, he always seems to have a good fight, you know, and and is he going to – I think he knows. Like, he's a good test for newer fighters or, or upcoming guys in the UFC. He's a savvy vet. I think that he sticks around for a little bit more, you know. Oh, yeah. Nick Lentz has – his performances never change. He's always going to have a good performance um and as long as he wants to fight i think he'll have a job in the ufc honestly because it's not like he's going out there and laying an egg or anything like that like it's normally a typically a good fight and um yeah i i, I like nick lentz i've always been a fan i didn't bet on that fight i mean i guess you could have but i didn't bet on it because when i think when the odds are that crazy like most of the time you know i feel like it's not really worth betting I mean, at that point you can't yeah. bet minus 800 because yeah. what minus 800 told you is that he wasn't even supposed to get in that position with that guillotine like that wasn't even supposed to happen that was way yeah. too close what about that's the sixth that. guillotine yeah and that's, <laughs> and that's the second fight in a row where evil lab has left his neck into a deep deep choke in the first round uh he did the same thing against grundy where grundy yeah. got his arm so it's a weird weird approach it's like the homer simpson but with submission it's like just squeeze my neck until your arms fill with lactic acid, and then second round on, I'm good. But yeah, because he looked, Evolov looked great. You know, his cardio, he got untouched. His cardio was great. Nick Lentz was beat up. Like his face looked real bad. You know, that didn't look good for Nick Lentz outside of the, the six guillotines that he had. I, I thought it was absolutely insane that a judge scored that 29 28 Lentz. I mean, that's just like how close. What? Just one other judge had to miss see a fight that was clearly in the. It's just how scary judging is. Uh, Nick, is. Nick, Nick Lentz could could have arguably, and I don't even think he did, but could have arguably won the first round. And I don't even think he won That's the it. first round. That was it. There was no other fight. Yeah, yeah. There right. was no, there was nothing else to indicate Nick Lentz won anything other than the first the first round possibly. So yeah, judges are just it's it's incredible to me because he wasn't even like winning the striking game either. Like he was getting out not even close. So I 100% agree with you that, that that's just that's why you don't ever leave a fight in the judge like the, the judge's hands because it's just ridiculous. Um, 
because I was worried about the Pena fight because McMahon had Pena on her back but was doing nothing. Pena was nothing. doing all the work, landing elbows. You know, she was striking great from the ground, throwing, trying to throw up submissions. McMahon, I think, had like seven ground strikes to Pena's like thirty-one. And I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Steve and I had I actually put money down on Pena for decision because it was plus two fifty, and and Steve's like. I think she's winning this round. I was like, but I don't know because if it goes to the judges, like, are they going to – because at one point, McMahon had her against the fence but was doing nothing with it and, and Pena's landing strikes. And I'm like, really, McMahon has the dominant position. So if they're judging that, then she's going to lose this fight if it goes to decision. But if they're not, if they're actually watching the fight, you would have known that Pena was doing all the work. But I got a little scared with that and ended up not mattering. But Yeah, um, I think – one of the one of the commentators, I think it was DC, kind of mentioned. He's like, I think the judges are getting smarter because I think it was uh, Jessica I had landed a takedown with like twenty or thirty seconds left in the round that she was clearly losing, and it just seemed like. Sorry. No, it's okay. I was gonna say it just seemed like that was something that the judges might take and say, "Well, she ended the round like on top." You know, maybe they'll give her the the ten nine on that, but. I think they are getting a little bit smarter. They're seeing, yeah, if you get a takedown but you don't do anything, that's not going to really hold any any value. So I hope that that's kind of where they're trending because that happens too often. Yeah, I think that's that's something that they they need to start watching because just because you get a takedown does not mean you won a round. Like that, that's not all that it should be judged on. So I a hundred percent agree. The, the one thing I did want to ask you guys, kind of going, we're jumping around here, but kind of going back to the main event. Do we? Do you think that we ever see Connor win a belt again? I, I, I think that Connor's more, in my opinion, I think Connor's more money fights, more fights that are going to sell. And uh, like, how much does this hurt his stock? Like, I feel like we've seen Connor lose now. Like, and and there's a formula to beat him. Diaz beat him. Granted, it was a weight class higher, but he beat him. Khabib beat him. Dustin Poirier beat him. Like this is the- this is different tonight. This was a knockout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is beating him at his own game because the average fan isn't going to look and say, "Well, these leg kicks really limited his movement." And then he was up against the cage and the positioning of Dustin's foot. No, that's not how fans work. They see a knockout. They see the guy who punches getting punched and then staying down. The meme. His face is going to be memed. I mean, like, he wasn't just knocked out, like, where the ref jumped in and saved him. He was knocked out on his back and then stayed flat on his back afterwards in pain. Like, yeah, this it, was the most this was the most focused Connor. This was the 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 phys- most physically the most physically fit Connor. The best. This was the best. this was the best version of Connor that was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And Dustin, dest- I mean, I'm not going to say destroyed him, but he handled him very well. He took his best shots, too. And then, yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with Connor, you know, after the post fight interview, they ask him, "So we're going to see you back in 2021?" He says, "Yes," but I feel like he was like a little sketchy on it. But you can't really take his word for it because how many times, even last year when he beat Donald Cerrone, like he ended up retiring in like May or June. He was like, "Yeah, nothing excites me. I'm out." And then he just randomly comes back now. I I just have a lot of questions on what he's going to do. And he said he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao at some point. So he's always bouncing around. He's going to make a ton of money if he fights Manny Pacquiao. And who's to say at that point he's just gonna take his money and leave UFC? So I could see the Nate Diaz fight, but after that, I don't see him like getting super motivated and climbing the ranks again to get to the top. I don't see it. Yeah, I yeah. just 
Yeah, I, I just I don't know. There's there's just something different about this one. And can you imagine the shit that we are going to hear now from Jake Paul? Oh my God, he's not. It's... We're, we're going to be back on the Jake Paul garbage now because Connor lost, and I'm sure that he's gonna. I'm sure he's making a YouTube video right now, probably I talking be, a bunch yeah. of shit on on Connor McGregor, and that that's the worst thing. I think I wanted Connor to win just so I didn't have to hear the stupid Jake Paul videos. And now we're gonna have to hear a bunch of those. Yeah, it's rough, man. I don't know, Connor. Like like I said, I, Connor just he looked different in that fight. He looked outclassed. You know, first round not so much, but really that second round was was not good. And the leg kick, the leg kicks, just I don't want to dwell on it too much. We've been talking about it now for a while, but it's just I'm still in shock, kind of still in Dude, shock. Connor 170, he would not fare well against Usman. He would not fare well against Colby. He would not fare well against Gilbert Burns. I think that would be a, a very hard challenge for him to to get a belt at only, 170. Only person, only person I could see him fighting at 170 is Masvidal. Yeah. And if Masvidal throws volume like Dustin, can Connor handle it? it, That's that's what you know. Like it's that's what I mean. Like Connor seems to really struggle with people who push the pace on him. He led the dance the first round. It was a totally different game in the second round. And once Dustin started leading the dance, that was it. Connor had no answer. I mean, he he had no defense. Masvidal goes out there, throws volume. Is Connor going to be able to handle that? And someone else put it in the in the chat here. Connor's chin was kind of tested the first time when he was wobbled against Diaz too. So and Diaz we do slaps see, people. We do we do it's see why that. I really go back. His chin was tested pretty well by Joe Duffy before being submitted in 19 seconds back in Cage Warriors. So, yeah, I mean, and the one thing that you can kind of say is like once a guy starts to get chinny, it seems to be a common theme, you know, and. He's not old by any means, 32, but I think I think what we can go back on when Connor's career is all said and done, and we don't I don't want to dwell on it too long, is there were so many years of Connor and so many good fights of Connor that was wasted due to him just, you know, the constant retirement, not retirement, the boxing, and I understand the money and everything, but we missed out on a lot of good Connor fights and you know, the one thing that will hurt his legacy and the, one of the main reasons why he's not in my top five goats, he never defended a belt. Like not to me, one. that is that is a huge that's just you just I don't know if you're a real champ and you're a real goat, you'll defend your belt. Listen, I love Connor. I've been a fan since day one, um, but there are some things that he does that is just it sucks as a fan. You know, I think we all could agree. We want to see more Connor. There's a lot of great fights that could have happened. We could have had this trilogy. We could have had Dustin Connor two, three years ago. And it just, it just, he just yeah. held up a lot of stuff. And who knows? Do, do, does he ever move back down in weight? Do, Max Holloway? He, he would get, he might get smoked by Max Holloway now. Dude, he can't make 145 anymore. No, yeah, I, I agree. Think so. It doesn't look like he has anything to cut. He's, he's already yeah, like he just shredded. He's yeah, a big he guy. Should. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of my last couple of things on Connor. I don't think we see him fight for a belt again. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know. And so Arthur right here just said, no. I guess we haven't, we haven't heard Dana's, uh, Dana's <laughs> conference yet, but for a trilogy off of this, like, dude, emphatic, the disrespect he, to Dustin, come on, well, Dana, listen, Dana wants money, man. And Connor, that will sell the money. Like people 
Listen, Connor fans are going to think that Connor still won this fight. They're going to make a million excuses as to why Connor just lost. It's going to be the well, leg kicks. Right after the fight, I was talking with a few people who were like, oh, if he just checked the leg kicks, that jab was working. I was like, just checks the leg kicks, and it's one and a half rounds into a five round fight. And like, you're saying he would have won otherwise. Like, so I get it. You're right. And I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's like, look at the embeddeds this week 1.4 million, 1.8 million. Look at the embeddeds every other week 300,000, 250,000, 170,000. Like, that's money. And yeah, they, and Connor Connor's fans are the most, you know, they'll defend him to the death and he probably has like 70% of MMA UFC fans. Right. Like he has yeah, all the main makes complete sense. Both both sets of fans think their fighters still relevant. Yep. They'll both defend it and they'll both buy the pay-per-view. I agree. He doesn't make sense. Him versus Dustin, I don't have any interest in. Not like put it in like a few years, but like you know, make this whole title fight thing happen between Chandler and Poirier. That's your fight to make. Like that's that's an awesome fight. And if if they run Connor Dustin again, it'll be for the belt. You would assume if that's if they're doing it like right after this, like it's going to happen again. So then that one that's disrespect to Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. But then who the hell does Michael Chandler fight? Because in my opinion, like he's already just based on his performance today, he deserves the title shot. Like there's no one. I think that he runs through Justin Gaethje based on today. And I think, I don't know who else. I mean, like I said, Chandler and Poirier, their power. Look, look, I love Charles Oliveira. I just don't think that he can do it, man. He's, 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 a, he's tall, but he is skinny. Like, I don't, like, I don't think he handles that power. It's away from the title. Like Oliveira, I get he's on a seven fight win streak, but it's not against the top of the top. All of it. It's, some decent competition i i he can wait another fight in my opinion yeah it's very crowded so what i feel like this is a reasonable thing to say but poirier gaethje for the title why would that not be considered i mean i think i I just don't like that because it's already happened you know i think that gaethje and and davis kind of said this too and we've talked to him like gaethje is kind of overhyped just like ferguson like he puts on great fights, puts on great shows. You love Justin Gaethje. He's got the heart. He's got the chin for the most part. You know, he's a warrior. But in ways, he is overhyped. Like, he is not He's not a top two, three guy. He's not. Like, he, he's so to me. Eddie Alvarez in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's like, sure. I think he's, I think he's five, a little bit higher than five. I don't, I don't, I don't see him being a champ. Like, and I love that's coming from a Ga- Gaethje fan. I just, he's just not there. Like Michael Chandler today proved he is there. You know, Dustin Poirier has already proven before the Connor fight that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with Aaron and, and you guys, I think that that's the fight to make for the belt at least, you know, and I'm just as interested to see how long, you know, it's just funny, like Dana, when things don't work out, he's just like going to find a way to, he's like, Very, no, I'm holding on to this. He's going to hold on to Conor McGregor until Conor McGregor literally physically like just says, I'm done and that's it. And uh, I don't know. It's funny. Like he he's all about making money, which you got to respect. But um, and yeah, I agree also. I think Justin Gaethje's chin eventually is going to go away. Like he's been in so many wars that it's just it's not going to be it's not going to be good. Um, but anyway, guys, anything else that you want to talk about before we get into our uh, superlatives? Um, I thought it was kind of 
not funny because I did feel bad, but a lot of people were experiencing some uh, ESPN Plus yes. issues. And then everyone was like, dude, how do I find a stream? And I was like, oh, you didn't hear Dana White just like somehow got rid of every stream. So I guess you can't watch, but you paid 70 bucks maybe. Sorry. Ours crashed twice here. Right when the car oh, really? fight started, it turned off. I had to turn the TV off really? and turn it back on. We missed like 25 seconds of the of the fight. Um yeah, I mean, ESPN Plus, honestly, is a garbage app. Like, the ESPN app is terrible. It's always got issues. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then Dana White, like, his biggest thing, like, he's all worried about these streamers, yet he had bigger fish to fry when now Connor lost. Like, he needed to be worried about what his backup plan was for when Connor lost. He was counting Dustin out this entire time, too, which makes it even better that Dustin won. Was, like, Dana White is so, like, he, he has his guys. He knows who he wants to win. And that whole entire time, you, you can just feel like this is Con this is the plan after Connor wins. You know, he's going to fight Khabib and all this other shit. And now it's like, now what, dude? Like, not only did people bitch at you because uh, you bitch about streaming. No one streams. People buy the fight. And then the stream, then the ESPN Plus goes down. And then and then you have, you, you know, you're picking Connor to win. And he got dusted. I and mean, yeah, like, this, is, this is like the beauty of it is like, you know, we never have to have conversations with the UFC. Do they fix fights? I mean, oh, yeah, really, like, you know, it's something that comes up in boxing at least a couple times a year. You'll have some questions about some, you know, fixing a fight. You don't have that with the UFC ever, like because this just wouldn't ever be able to happen. Like this wouldn't be allowed to be written down. And then like, you know, they just been nope. Nope, like this is just yeah. as real as it gets, man. And that's why these crazy, unbelievable, you know, just like we should have saw it coming a million miles away and don't until after it happens. Oh, like, man, I told myself so hard when I was looking at this hooker bet. I was like, what am I missing here? Like this, this makes too much sense to bet on hooker. Like, am I going to look at this after the fight and be like, oh, that made sense that Chandler actually is at this level and he's going to go out there and kill him. Now, I, just, sure I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Couldn't yeah, figure now, it out in my head. How was Chandler an underdog in his debut against Dan Hooker? Now it's um, just like, it's how it happens, man. What, yeah, what man. did you guys think of Dan Hooker laying the gloves in the octagon? Is he done? I didn't see it happen. Did you? Did I, I, well, I, so I saw him take his. I saw him taking his gloves off while they were raising Chandler's hand, and I text Steve. I said he's going to retire. And then I thought that they were going to interview him because sometimes like when it's a big fight, typically they'll only interview both on a main event. But like that almost felt like a main event, like that was a big fight. So I thought they were going to interview him and he was going to retire. They didn't interview him, but he threw his gloves in the center of the octagon and, and walked out. I think it was um, probably emotion. I think so. I agree. He's got a month of quarantine coming up. Yep. Like all this time for like he has wasted two months essentially on top of the training. Like to get knocked out that quickly. So I yeah. don't know if he's done or not yet. I mean, he's 30 years old. He, but he also probably knows that he's never going to beat any of the top five. So. Yeah, that is tough. I think it was like a, just a big, like heat of the moment. He's been frustrated for a while. That's a, obviously the worst case scenario for him. And he yeah. was just fed up and he did it. I, I don't think we should read into it too, too much. I, I likened it to when Des Bryant found out he had COVID and then he tweeted out like right after and was like, I'm retiring. And then he ended up playing like two weeks after. He was just like fed up because he had gotten back to the NFL and went through all these steps and finally gets COVID. It's just like a heat of the moment, frustrations, emotion thing. 
As I say UFC. Get worse. He just got compared to Des Bryant. So <laughs> my bad. Well, I I say that UFC retirements are like soap operas. They die and then they just come back every time. So that that's that's basically how a UFC retirement goes. Oh, quick um, shout out to uh to my tweet that went viral. Oh yeah, Steve's that was the tweet. Pretty yeah, much happiest was... day of my life. Pretty much happiest moment of my life. We could do a we could do a quick uh, tweet tweet check here. See where you're at. Maybe see how, see what kind of love you're getting. It was hitting some serious numbers. 150 likes, 29 retweets, and oh. four four messages. So you killed it, Steve. My <laughs> friend actually texted me. He goes, he's like, bro, that tweet that you put out is great. I said, yeah, I can't take credit for that. <laughs> I said, that Let's was go. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So listen, we're killing it. It was hilarious. And that was honestly, I'll be honest. I was getting pretty tired. I'm like, these fights are terrible. It was before the JoJo Calderwood fight. And Steve put out that tweet and it it rejuvenated me, man. It got me through the rest. And then obviously the Chandler, the Chandler knockout got me hyped up. I was I was oh, ready yeah. for that. And then obviously when Connor's music hits, it just it honestly, and before we get to the superlatives, it felt weird because Connor was the first guy in the octagon in that fight. I noticed that was that. also yep. very weird. <laughs> That's gotta be a rankings thing, no? Yeah, yeah, typically I think it's something to do with that, but it's just weird because it's Connor. Like, before yeah. you know it, Connor keeps on this pace. He's going to be on a goddamn fight night soon. He's got to figure it's it gonna out. He's going to be man. a gatekeeper soon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Connor. He'll be retired and before that. Cutting the bantamweight, facing Frankie Edgar to get a win back. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to get into superlatives? Yep. All right, here we go. The, 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 oh, the superlatives of the evening. I had a little bit of a stutter there. Uh, so first one, the jacked on caffeine performance of the night. Mine is going to go to the man of the hour on the co-main event. I got to go with Michael Chandler, guys. I think that that performance was, you know, he, he was. Listen, he's a champ. He was a champ in Bellator. Big name. He's been a big name for a long time. He had a lot of, I mean, this is his UFC debut, 34 years old. People didn't think he can get it done, including myself. I mean, the guy's a super vet. And uh, this is, this. people have been waiting for this for a long time. Like, people thought Michael Chandler should have been in the UFC a long time ago. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of pressure. And he was calm, cool, and collected. He looked great at the weigh-ins. He looked so calm and collected entering the octagon. Like, he just looked ready. And he was... He was taking in every moment. You could see him just smiling, and he you could tell how excited and happy he was to be there. And sometimes that's tough. Like when you have all that pressure on yourself, you can kind of fold into that pressure. Did not happen with him. He proved today that he's one of the best lightweights in the world. And that knockout of Dan Hooker was just incredible. I mean, at a huge reach disadvantage, gets inside, hits a nasty left hook, and puts the lights out. Um, and yeah, so my, my jacked on caffeine performance of the night is going to go to Michael Chandler. And I apologize for all the shit I talk, but thank you for uh, making me a fan. Yeah, man, this was um, it was it, like it was going up and up and up in the fights. And I was like, no one's really blowing me away. Like this is not looking too good for the superlatives. And then we get the last two fights. 
So I, you could go with either one. I think you could pick Borier. I think you could pick Chandler. I think I have to go with Chandler, though, just based on, like you said, like the chip that was on his shoulder. There was just so much pressure for him to come out here and perform, make a statement. Uh, the way that he did it, just being a first-round knockout over a super difficult opponent. And then I know you didn't like the the after-fight interview, but I thought that was an awesome rant and an awesome call-out. He brought the energy. Like That was that was great. That was good jacked on caffeine for me. He's my... Uh, He's my guy, Michael Chandler. Yeah, I, I'll make it a clean sweep. I don't think there's another pick on this card. It's, it's nice when we have the discussion. We could all pick three different ones. I think the first time I was on, we all picked three different. But sometimes, it. I mean, he was absolutely jacked going in there. Like, I just looked at him, like, as they were, like, vaselining him up. And I was just like, this dude is absolutely bodied. And, like, another thing Pena mentioned was that Chandler is a lot thicker than he appears for some reason. Like, but like when you're in person with him, he is just, and it just all came through. I mean, every shot he landed was absolutely a, a ripper. So that's, it's the only choice. I think he's beefy. He's a beefy guy. Yeah. He's Jack. He is. He's thick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How many C's thick? I think Aaron did it. Didn't you uh, write that in a tweet or something? Or was it in a comment at one point? It was, it was a lot of C's. I think there was at least yeah, seven. Yeah, I think I used seven C's. There you go. Boy, it's uh, thick. Damn, that's yeah. real thick. <laughs> that's Cardi that B thick. Give me that truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Espresso shot of the night. My, you guys might be a little surprised on this one. Maybe. I'm not going Dustin Poirier. Listen, shout out Dustin Poirier. I gave you credit last week. I knew you could do it, buddy, even though I've picked against you. Um, I, I'm actually going to go with Marina Rodriguez, guys. I, I thought that, I thought that you know, her being an underdog, a lot of hype behind Rebus, and the shot, the shots, the, the multiple times she knocked her out, they were impressive. The second time she knocked her out, she threw a nasty elbow. And then uh, the, the one that landed clean on Rebus that wobbled her, it was a sick shot, man. Her, her striking is legit. I was super impressed with her. I, it's not that I wasn't impressed with Dustin, but, you know, Dustin's stand-up, we all knew was good. Um, and it's just, you know, Marina was very overlooked. I mean, aside from Aaron, I feel like everyone was picking Rebus. So, um, yeah, I mean, she gets my espresso shot of the night. Super, super pumped for her. And like I said, I think Joanna and, and her would be an electric matchup, and I hope that that happens. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is another one. Like the whole prelims, there was it was all decisions and submissions. There was no good shots, and then finally we got a few of them. Um, man, this is tough. I did have Rodriguez on my short list. I also had Chandler on there, but I am going to go with Muradov, and that's just basically for the simple fact that he made uh, he made what's his name Sanchez. Sanchez was just dancing around, and that led to my <laughs> viral tweet. So I'm a little biased on it, not going to lie. But the Muradov shot was real nice, so I'll give him the espresso shot of the night for me. Yeah, but it's in that third round when Sanchez turns to fucking dust. Sanchez yeah, was not good. Third rounds of fights, he just like turns like turns to dust. But um, shot of the night, I'd love to give it to Marina. But I'm gonna give it to Dustin. Uh, Dustin deserves a superlative tonight. I can't like he came back from uh, some good adversity in that first round, and then that shot to put Dust put Connor away. That left was clean, absolutely clean. So, yeah, I got. Yeah. I got I'm he glad that you. It. I'm glad that you picked him because I feel like he needed to win something. But I had a ride with Marina. I was super impressed I, with her. I, you know, Marina, Marina paid me dividends, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to Dustin. All right. 
decaf performance of the night. Guys, I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going Herb Dean. Oh, <laughs> nice. Herb, Herb Dean is on the on the chopping block for me, man. The How do you listen? Listen, Herb Dean, man. He need. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's smoking too much of the Kush before going in there. I don't know what he's doing, but he looks lost. Like I, he doesn't know what's going on ever. Like I feel like he's looking in the audience when things are happening. Dude, this that dude, Rodriguez, that Rodriguez stop and start. Yeah. Thing. Thank God Conor McGregor actually still has a pulse because I mean how he got the freaking main event is beyond me. But so so Marina Marina cleanly knocks out Rebus like she went face down ass up like she was out. <laughs> and then he so he starts to intervene and the only thing he had to do was wave his hands. He was literally in between both of them. She knew he it was over. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. wave his hands. Marina gets up. And is like, Walks I won, away. right? She starts walking away. She thinks she won. We all think, we all know she won. And then, and then he's, and then she looks at him and she's like, and he's like, I didn't call a fight. I didn't do anything. I didn't stop Herb, it. You literally were right there. All you had to do was Walk, put your hands stopped, in the air. Stopped. He's like, never mind. Like, and yeah. then she was just like, okay. And then she walked over and just pieced her up again. And yeah. he's like, okay, now, now you're done. Now oh, you're okay. Done. Sorry. You, your pulse is like slowly disappearing. I can now call the fight because she's, she's now almost dead. Right. And I just, it, it's like every week Herb Dean is making these jokes just way too easy. Like he needs to, he needs to figure it out. He needs to, at this point, like he needs to think about just being done. Like he's, he's really. Yeah, he's really just he's getting on Mario Yamasaki level and Herb Dean was like one of the best. Like he was very good. We can all agree he has the yips for refing, which I didn't even think would ever exist. Like if you make a mistake, it happens. You can't let it keep happening over and over and it's like every week when Herb Dean is on a card, something he does is questionable. He's always in the middle of something bad. So he's my espresso shot or my decaf performance of the night. Don't, my my runner up was actually Khalil Roundtree. His performance. Hey, hey, don't was take shitty. mine. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my God. Go ahead, Steve. I'll go into mine. Decaf performance of the night. Khalil Roundtree comes in as like a minus what three thirty favorite. In mm-hmm. in Pratino is zero and three in his last three first round knockout in all of those. I I'd set, I put a poll out and I was like, okay, how like at what round is he going to get the knockout? And everyone was like, round one. It was like twenty votes for round one, and I was like, yeah, let's get it. And I told people to bet on that fight, of course. <laughs> and um, he just sl- straight up slowed down in round two. And then by round three, he just had nothing left to give. Then I, I had given Prachnio the first round to begin with. He surprised me a lot in that round. And then he definitely took round three. And there was just so much hype going into that. I thought he was going to get the first round knockout. Just really disappointing. And, and he's a guy who kind of turned his career around a little bit by changing up his style. And, uh, you know, he looks good at, at times. He really does have potential, but... Man, he just dropped the ball on that one. So I'm sorry, but I got to give him decaf performance. Yeah, I mean, Khalil Roundtree has been someone that I followed for a long time. I, I love his story. You know, the overweight high school kid wants to be an MMA fighter, becomes this jacked human being. And then he actually, so like three or four months ago, he had fiddled with retirement. Like he, So he's living in Thailand, and, and he says – you know, I'm done. He had tweeted that he was going through depression, gained tons of weight. So I kind of, it was funny. Like we text Dave and I said, like, I feel like Prachneo is going to do well in this fight based on what Khalil Roundtree has been going through. Like 
And you have to wonder, like, was the weight weight cut tough? Which I think on the broadcast they said that he had a really hard weight cut because he was overweight. He didn't look as good in, of in shape as he has in the past. And uh, and it, it was very odd to me that he had Prochneo hurt in the second round and then didn't try to finish the fight. And mm-hmm. it, I think that a lot of it was attributed to him just being gassed out. He, he didn't want it. He barely had anything left in the tank, and he wanted to try to preserve it. So he didn't go for the finish. And yeah, I was I was unimpressed. I don't think he gets cut yet. He's nine and five now, so he's getting close. I don't think he gets cut yet because Dana kind of reeled him out of retirement talks and gave him a new contract. I think he gets one more fight, but I think the peak of Roundtree's career was that beat that win over Eric Anders, and I think that's gonna be it. And it sucks because I like I said, I love Khalil Roundtree. I love how he reinvented himself, but super, super disappointing uh performance by him. Especially against Prochniow, who's been knocked out by everyone since he's come over to the UFC. So, the first round, all in the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, round. Sam Alvey. Yeah, like, that was that was, yeah, that was a terrible, terrible performance by Cleo Roundtree. He'll get one more fight, but it's clear that that's the best matchup Roundtree will get in his entire UFC career, and he lost it to Prochniow. He's not get. He's getting an up and coming, hard hitting guy in his next fight because they're looking to make one more a uh, new prospect off him and get rid of him. There's no they have no more use for Cleo Roundtree. Mm-hmm. So he's getting someone really good in his next fight and he's probably gonna be a massive underdog. Like that was a terrible performance. Second round he somehow Prashneo put up with more punishment than he's put up with in his first three fights combined though, because he was getting tagged in that second round. But mm-hmm. of course MMA never makes sense. Ever. This, this card is the epitome of MMA not making any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it all it makes kills me. Um, yeah, I'll take. I would take Khalil Roundtree also because he was in all of my early parlays and busted him. But I'll take Shoeface. Um, at yeah. some point, I want to see Shoeface be able to win a fight when he can't get the fight to the ground, and he's not able to do that like at all. No. Just like he had a five-inch reach advantage, decided not to use it. Um, his leg kicks looked like they hurt him more than they hurt Tavares when he threw him. Like it just, I'm very, very disappointed. And kind of overall, since he's come off tough, I was, I've been expecting big things off of Antonio Carlos Jr. Who won tough at, I believe heavyweight and now is at middleweight and just, there's no power. There's no strength advantage. He gets tired quick and his skills are, if I can't use my world-class jujitsu, I have nothing. And Tavares Tavares is he, he stuffed 10 of 11 insane. takedowns. Yeah. And yeah. He raising his head, like foot over his head and like, I don't that know. That was how crazy. Up. Like, yeah. Tavares it was a great, great performance. It was a great performance by Tavares. But yeah. um, I had shoe face in a, in a parlay as well. I was pretty disappointed. Um, yeah. You know what I've noticed with a lot of these like strictly BJJ guys is they're just not developing. Like they just don't, they don't develop an overall like skill set. Like we're seeing like now like Russians, right? They were known for their wrestling, but now like they're starting to strike. Like they're really like starting to implement striking and everything else. And I'm feeling like these these strict BJJ guys just aren't developing at all. Like it's just okay, like we're gonna submit you. But if you can't submit them, like they're lost. They have no idea what to do. And you know, shoe face is pretty pretty accurate when it comes to that. So um, yeah, I was disappointed with his performance as well. I, I thought honestly that he, 
I like the odds on that fight. I thought, okay, if he gets this fight to the ground, like it's going to be over. And you know, he's a big, he's a big guy. Like you would think that he would be able to get Tavares down more than once. Like in that that time he had Tavares down, it didn't last long either. It was like a couple, maybe not even a minute, like maybe thirty five seconds. Um, so yeah, I was disappointed as well. I think that's a great pick overall. Honestly, guys, though, I thought this card was a little bit of a sleeper. Thank God for Marina. Thank God for Jojo and the last two fights. Because the main those... card came through. This is like usually, not usually, but a lot of times we were talking about the prelims and how it's like, man, this is why we watched the full card. These prelims were crazy. Tonight yeah. it was guys with the most at risk who ended mm-hmm. up putting on the best fights. So yeah. this is one of those cards where if someone just watched the main card, they're like, what a card. And they yeah. laugh at those hardcores who just watched a bunch of decisions. Yeah, because on Wednesday, you know, the first three fights were the best fights of the night. And then, you know, the main card was not not as good. Um, but then, you know, when it was Cal- uh, Calvin versus Holloway, like that whole main card was incredible. And then we kind of got the same thing here. This main card was it was fun. But yeah, to, to, it was a little slow to start. I will say Marina that saved the night. Marina's the MVP. That that to me was. Yeah, I, I have yelled louder during that finish than the Poirier finish, to be honest, just because. Like I was screaming at Herb Dean. I was trying to check. Like I was like, I have a plus eight hundred bet here. Like what is happening? And then she knocked her out. Like you don't see a lot of one fifteeners knock out a person twice in a minute. It just doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I have a good, I have a good Herb Dean uh, post in the chamber. I might have to throw that out earlier than I expected, just based on tonight's uh, tonight's <laughs> performance by Herb. But uh, guys, anything else for the good of the cause? I hope we got a week uh, week break coming up, though. No card next weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no card next week. So we will still, Coffee and KOs will still post out content. I think this week we got uh, we got L Wagman, the, the girlfriend of Grant Dawson. She is also a pro fighter. So you'll be able to check that out. That will drop on Wednesday. And then the week after that, we have the vanilla gorilla jason witt dropping on wednesday so every awesome. wednesday every wednesday we are we are trying one. to drop interviews for you guys so make sure you check that out on uh the coffee and ko's youtube channel but anyway guys listen we are coffee and ko's presented by fight bananas we really appreciate all you comment commenting and coming to hang out with us this late or early morning i guess you could say 2 a.m um anyway you can find us on coffee and ko's um all podcasting platforms you can find us on youtube Um, make sure you check out fight bananas we are going to be here with you after every show um with aaron with other guests we'll have a bunch of people on to to recap these hell of a card guys this is one that you're going to be looking back on and just saying oh my god i can't believe conor mcgregor and and freaking dan hooker lost as as huge favorites um yeah, so check us out, Coffee and KOs. You can find us all platforms, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, at Coffee and KOs1. And guys, we will see you next time.